Welcome to another uh, podcast with the Transcendiates. Uh, my name is Corey Bradford Watts, and this is Aaron Eaves. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Aaron. Thank you. Uh, we are in association with the uh, Swedenborg Foundation and the Center for Swedenborgian Studies. Uh, so, how are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, so, what's what's your background? Why why are you here in uh, Pacific School of Religion campus, actually? Yeah, um, <clears throat> so I moved here four years ago to the Berkeley area, to the Bay Area, uh, to come to seminary, and I just finished my MDiv, my Master's in Divinity, over at Star King School for the Ministry, uh, which is a Unitarian Universalist seminary, and yeah, so now I'm here having just finished the degree and uh, working a couple theater gigs until I start my internship as an intern minister at Mount Diablo Unitarian Universalist Church. Oh, congratulations Thank on you. the internship. That's cool. Thank you. Um, so Star King, that's one of the uh, few schools uh, part that are part of the Graduate Theological Union, yep. um, including uh, the Pacific School of Religion, which we're sitting in right now, and um, the Center for Swedenborgian Studies. We have a Jain school, a Jewish school, right? We've got just about all of it. I know. It's, it's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one of the big selling points for me. Um, coming to Star King, which is part of the Graduate Theological Union Consortium, was that even though I'm studying with the Unitarian Universalist and I'm looking at ordination through the Unitarian Universalist, that I would have the opportunity to study with the Swedenborgians, that I would have an opportunity to study with the Hindus, to study with the uh, Jew, uh, Jews, to study with the American Baptist, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, I think in my uh, when I finished my degree program, 90 credits, I looked and I had went to like 20 different schools oh, really? um, between schools, centers of learning, seminaries. Like I, I just, I really dip, dipped my toe into everything. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So quite the journey. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And it's, you, you wrapped up a few months ago? Yeah, December. December of 2017. Yeah, and uh, so your internship, what does that involve? It's with a Unitarian Universalist church? Yeah, so it's a pretty big congregation in Walnut Creek, California, uh, or pretty big for Unitarians. Uh, it's about 500 people. Um, I'll be their intern minister uh, full-time for 10 months, and I'll be doing all of it. So I'll do pastoral care, I'll do um, preaching, uh, uh, leading worship, I'll be sitting on committees, I'll be doing religious education, so it'll be an opportunity to mentor um, under a seasoned minister and to do a little bit a little bit of it all. Oh, that's awesome. Are you excited? Yeah, scared, yeah. excited. Yeah, scary, right? yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I bet. Oh, that's excellent. We were talking about your some of your interests, yep. um, one of which I can't help but geek out about. Sure, uh, sure. You're a dungeon master for uh, Dungeons and & Dragons? And yes. There's other yes. names for that position too, right? Yeah, so we were talking the other day about uh, tabletop role-playing games. Um, the most popular one uh, is called Dungeons & Dragons. You've probably heard of it. Uh, though there are literally hundreds and hundreds of other titles, almost like video games, that mm -hmm. there's lots of different titles, there's lots of different um, games that you can play. And we that, played a Star Wars one. We played a Star Wars one. That was cool. Um, yeah, and the person who um, helps to lead the story, the sort of primary storyteller, is called a dungeon master, and if you're playing D&D, but... Uh, in other contexts, they'll call it a game master, they'll call it the storyteller, the chronicler, um, the referee. Um, and I think that even there, like those different words 
can kind of uh, help capture a little bit of like what that role is. Mm -hmm. And that's it's quite the creative role. And from what I heard from you, at least your approach to it. Um, and in fact, you you mentioned it, it's almost like it's like small group, like spiritual practice in a way or, or can be. I think so. Yeah, I uh, had a really wonderful opportunity over at Star King School for the Ministry a couple semesters ago to I was doing uh, taking class in religious education and had the opportunity to use my uh, weekly gaming group where I'm the game master, where I'm the you know the storyteller, the chronicler, um, and got to use that as a small small group ministry site. And I got to look really? at that work that I was doing there and the work that we were doing together um, with my colleagues, uh, actually a, a handful of other seminarians, and look at look at through the lens of small group ministry, through the lens of religious education. And um, yeah, and that was my project for the year, or for the semester, hmm. and wrote a paper up on it at the end. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was really, it was really important for me to finally be able to kind of bridge these two uh, disparate worlds, these uh, separate worlds of gaming and re religion, which are like two places where, like, that have my heart. Oh, that's beautiful. And you, and you were telling me a little bit about your journey with that work and how you ended up creating a lot of art and finding like these kind of new avenues for expression through through that role. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first it was really when I picked it up and first started doing the, um, the Dungeon Master, the DMing, uh, when I first started doing that, it was really, I wanted to play and you have to have a DM to play. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I want to play, so I'll run the game, whatever, I'll run the game. To get it going. To get it going, you know. Huh. Um, but then what I, what I didn't realize was once I got into it, it was like, oh, this is a very unique form of art, a very unique form of storytelling where... Everything from writing, almost like a playwright would write a story with the characters and with the conflicts and with the uh, the ups and the downs and the battles and the, and the love stories and so on. Um, but also almost like a museum curator or something like that who would pick out the right pictures and, and setting them in the right way in order to create an effect. So the pictures of the environment, so the pictures of the villain, so on and so forth. Um, so you present those to the, the player? Yeah, yeah. You're... you're like choosing them, designing them? You're... Mostly, because I haven't took it that far, I'm mostly um, finding them on the internet. I'm going to Pinterest or going to different um, websites where there, there's these incredibly talented graphic artists that put their stuff on the internet. And I go through the stuff and find the pictures that capture the tone, that capture the mm -hmm. emotional quality of what I'm trying to go for. And maybe I'll like do a little bit of editing. I'll you know edit this out or edit this in or whatever. That's right, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's almost like you're cultivating um, a certain idea for, for the players, your environments, yeah. people. It's world building. World building. It's world building. It's, uh, I mean, it's so, it's so similar to ritual. It's so similar to theater. I mean, it's like for me, like something that I've really come to believe in the last few years as I've been formally studying uh, religion here at the Graduate Theological Union and at Starking, um, that, that aesthetics and religion are so tightly woven together, and particularly performance art, is so tightly woven together with religion that like the difference between ritual and, and like theater, like it's so, for me, like it's so minute, the difference. Mm. Um, so it's, so to answer your question that 
Yeah, like what I think what I've really found there is this opportunity, this context to create to create experiences for folk. And that to me is also what religion is. It's like how do I make myself a vessel to create an experience for folk that's going to move them, that's going to be meaningful for them, that's going to give them an opportunity for self-expression or for redemption or for a moment of illumination or, or whatever, or, or just to be a hero and to go, you know, and go like slay the dragon and save the prince and not yeah. the princess, but go save the prince, you know? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Well, that's excellent. That's really beautiful. Do you find your, well, actually, I know you find this. You're, you're quite a storyteller, right? You. Do you find that that's like a key avenue of expression for you going forward as you venture out into um, more avenues for ministry? For sure, for sure, yeah. I. It's it's been interesting how much um, tabletop role playing or or D and D. It's been interesting how much it's really informed my ministry. How, how I found, hmm. how I found. I really, I think I really found formally found my storyteller like role in that. Okay. Um, maybe for the first time, like it's always been there. But I, I never like worked on it. I never like I never honed a craft, you know. Yeah. Like like a good preacher will do over years and years will hone that craft of preaching, mm-hmm. and and then come to you know they find themselves in it. They find themselves. They find God in it. You know, every week of having to wrestle with I have a story to tell and God has a story to tell, mm-hmm. and how how do we meet in the middle and how do I how do I both get myself out of the way and put the work in like the disciplined mm-hmm. work in. To create this experience to help like uplift health, spiritual, yeah. emotional, yeah, for sure, health. Yeah. And it's been really interesting how this really unexpected area of D and D of creating these stories for people that it's really I think it was a safe space in a way that it's like oh it's just a game, so like so like go ahead and be mm-hmm. a storyteller, go ahead and be a playwright and a director and a leader, like go ahead and do that, like it's just a game. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like you get in the door right because. People kind of approach it less formally. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and there's magic in that. There's and like as I'm talking about it, actually, just like got hit with the kundalini. Like as I'm talking <laughs> about it, that like yeah. something that's really or the Holy Spirit, if you will, hmm. um, something Sophia, that's, Sophia, goddess, um, something that's really missing for me in like formal religiosity far too often is that we we come with too serious of hats on. That we we're so serious and we 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 get in the way like our our yeah. pre preconceived notions get in the way of the playfulness of the spirit and mm. the the transience and the the um, mm. the uh, dynamism the dynamism of the spirit and yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's almost it, like organic growth or you know yeah I think so. So you were saying that when we're true, too strict and exacting, um, we we can't be as creative in religious space. Or, uh. I mean, I w- I'm arguing that you can't. Like, I want to say that you can't experience God, but maybe that's a little. Maybe I'm taking it a little too far. But there's certain aspects of God's being that you can't. Is mm. is what I'm saying that that. Yeah, that God is, God is constantly in process. God is constantly speaking. That, that God has more to say, and that, 
that was something that I think um, uh, doing just a game allowed me to uh, to allowed me to hear God and like hear him say, "I want you to tell stories." Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, so you found kind of a renewed or invigorated connection with divinity that way. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Huh. And do you think like those lessons could could inform your like future ministry, maybe in this internship, to allow a little more flexibility? Or I think so. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the big lessons that I wrote about in that in that class when I wrote up my experiences of looking at um, tabletop gaming uh, through a religious education lens was yeah and this feels like such a crucial crucial less, uh, lesson for 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 life just period but I think is really going to be really meaningful for ministry of I found something I liked and I just poured myself into it poured myself into it and I wanted it to be perfect but it also so, so which was really good because it meant that I showed up and it meant that I put a lot into it and I put a lot of care into it and that I created a wonderful experience for my players and it meant that I had a lot of control. There was a lot of perfectionism going on there. There was a lot of there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of ego. And when and when a game wouldn't go the way I wanted it to, it it like hurt and it and it was discouraging and like made me like feel like oh I'm not good enough and like want to give up and that sort of thing. But because this call, I guess I'll call it a call, this call to like tell stories had grabbed me so thusly, I made myself continue i made myself walk that next step through the desert you know do that next day through the desert you know (laughs) and what i found when i what i found through that process was that it required surrender it required me to get myself out of the way and be like oh no like this this isn't mine to control this is mine to influence this is mine to pour myself into but if i'm doing this for the other if I'm doing this for my players, for my friends, like I need to open myself up to that. And when I got on the other side of that 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 hill, so to speak, I found that I'd went through this like really, really incredible process of kind of like ego death almost, like this little mini, little mini ego death. And <laughs> that when I came out the other side, not only was I a better storyteller, and it was a better game for my players, better experience for my players. Like I could just tell, and, and they also, you know, told me. But also, there was this healthy detachment, this almost sort of like non-attachment to like borrow some like Buddhist language, mm-hmm. that was really beautiful. Of like, oh, I'm gonna tell the next story, and it's gonna be good. I'm gonna throw myself into it, and I won't get in my head in the same way. Like it's not about me in the same way that I have this. Um, that, I guess that flexibility, that there's a little bit of more spaciousness in there. Um, oh. And that was an incredible learning, not only for this, this crazy hobby that I'm into, but also <laughs> felt like, oh, that's life right there. Yeah. You know, the stuff you care about, throw yourself into it and let it eat you up. Let it tear you up mm. and let it spit you back out the other side, like resurrected. Oh, yeah. And it's, it sounds like it was a really powerful, like spiritual arc for you to yeah. kind of give up yourself a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Wow. Because I wanted to control it, I care about it, and also I'm like performing for these people, and I, I wanted to be good, you know. So like so much of my my stuff came up, mm. and uh, yeah, it was it was quite an experience. Um, 
and when I came and when I came out the other side, I was like, oh, that was a spiritual experience, as you labeled it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. In the middle of it, I thought I was just being like an angsty artist or something. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm taking this too far. Yeah, that yeah. I thought I was like that I was taking it too far, and I just needed to have tougher skin, or that I needed to. Um, just do what I'm gonna do or, or something. Mm. But what I realized was like, oh no, like you showed me how much you cared and I'm showing you the next step. Mm. And something has to die, something has to be let, let go of in order to get to that next step. Yeah. And that can be really painful, you know, and can be really counterintuitive to the way, I think the way like we live, like as Americans, as first world people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it sounded like you, you kind of had to give up a certain identity or at least like um, yeah. guardedness around like who you were and yeah and like you said you kind of humbled yourself in a way it sounds like yeah yeah I mean <sighs> absolutely again you, you've you've labeled it correctly better better than I've been able to that so. that um, that I had this idea of what it should be mm. and I and I and I put everything I could into making that idea manifest in the world and what I realized when I got into it was that idea was more, it was close. It was close. I wasn't like so far off the mark, you know, <laughs> but that idea was more about me and my, per, my perceptions than it was about what was actually true. Cause I was able to, I, <laughs> I was, it was able to bring me back to center and reconnect with like, Oh, it's not in this case, it's not about making the most realistic thing. It was about making the most fun thing. And in, the, in this particular case, yeah. um, that it's not about like dotting every I and crossing every T. It's about, no, it's about making sure you're saying something um, that's meaningful. Uh, yeah, so, I, so, I, had a, so I, did, I did have to like let something down of like, oh, I'm not the guy who makes realistic stories. I'm the guy who makes good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did, how did your group respond? How did how it go? I mean, this was all part of the journey, right? Like while you sure, you're, sure, yeah. So this is going like almost yeah. in real time, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I make the first adventure or the you know the first session, and we run a couple of it, and I can just I can feel I can feel like oh, this is like a little stale or like it's a little mm-hmm. it's a little clunky. Like oh, I'm not I'm not seeing them light up. I'm not seeing them engaged. I'm not seeing the highs, the lows. Oh, like what's wrong? What's wrong? And eventually, you know, realize. Um, that that I needed to change that something had to change, um, and and I did this you know eventually got to this whole paradigm shift and then just noticed immediately like oh this is moving oh the the bodies and the minds of these people that are sitting around me they're engaged they're immersed they're they're telling stories oh. you know oh. no longer am I telling a story yeah they're telling the story and it's like oh there we go there we go <laughs> that's, that's awesome. it and then I get to and then I get to ride that wave so to speak find a flow state with them and yeah where yeah. they're they're creating yeah you're absolutely. Allowing, your creation is allowing them to create in a way which I think I mean that's a fun way to think about it. like that sounds a little bit like God you know it does sound a little bit like God <laughs> well okay so speaking of God um, how, how does your theology inform you but does do you believe kind of you you receive your strength your creativity from divinity or how does it speak to you generally or yeah um, or, or whatever hmm I mean God's the most important thing in my life like hands down right. um, God saved my life in hmm. 2008 uh, in the midst of a massive depression in the midst of 
um, or like the darkest of the dark nights, um, God showed up um, with this powerful spiritual experience and has been the sort of the axis mundi of my life ever since. And yeah, and it's the pursuit of God, the pursuit of a relationship with God, the pursuit of serving God that has really defined my life and, and defined my like lifestyle as well. You know, like, like all of us, you know, I, I get off track and I, you know, I engage in these behaviors or engage in those behaviors that don't serve me. But, but the, the recentering point every time is spiritual practice. In my case, mostly prayer that, um, out loud, verbal, almost theatrical prayer. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, is... I, I feel a theme. <laughs> no, indeed, indeed. Um, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think that that's tangled up in it too. That's you know, cool. absolutely. That's beautiful, um, though. So theatrical prayer—that's kind of a key spiritual practice, or yeah. prayer in general. Yeah, prayer in general, yeah. and and my best prayer like ends up looking like just weird storytelling. It ends up oh. looking like like me like performing for God, but not performing in like, oh, I'm this actor taking on this other role, but like, like expressing, I guess expressing, um, maybe more like a musician or something that yeah. is like, I have this thing inside me. I have to get it outside of me, but I can't just do it like discursively. I can't like write you, you know, uh, an essay about it. Like I have to, I have to, I mean, you know more, I'm, I'm not the musician, you're the musician. I have to, um, I have to find the right chord, the right vibration, the right hum, the right flavor um, in order to, to get you to the spirit of the word, if not the letter. Hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And you've, you found that that's really helped in your, your journey and taken shape. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think when. With my storytelling, whether it's in D and D or whether it's in um, the mythic theater, this uh, <laughs> uh, religious musical theater that I've been doing with uh, another colleague of ours here at the Graduate Theological Union, uh, who may be on a future future show, uh, um, Tom Emanuel. Tom Emanuel. Yeah. Um, so, so whether I'm doing that musical theater, whether I'm doing the D and D that um, the yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can't say um, I'm into similar things, but I, I feel like you're, the way it speaks to you the, is, is inspiring on so many different levels. And Weird. We, can, we can take a lot out of that. You know, it's a really um, powerful uh, story. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really powerful. <laughs> indeed. indeed you know, approach to, to just being true to yourself and engaging God in a way that speaks to you. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That reminds me of a colleague of ours. Uh, her, one of her mentors told her this thing that really, really stuck with me and that came up for me um, when you were saying that even though you don't share the same exact interest as mine, but to hear my story connects you with your own story. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, what the pastor said was that the most personal is the universal. <laughs> and what he was offering was uh, advice around preaching that, um, that find the most personal thing about you, the most idiosyncratic, the thing that other people aren't gonna be, relate, aren't gonna be able to relate to. Find that thing, and to the degree that you can tell that story, to the degree that you can 
incarnate that experience for folks, even if they've never been a, a dungeon master or if they've never been a musician or they've never been a Swedenborgian, they've never been a Unitarian Universalist, that to the degree that you can share your authentic little idiosyncratic story is to the degree that people will be connected with the universal. Mm-hmm. And that, that really, really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and maybe that's why, that's cool. maybe that's why I, I share my story is that I know that when I get lucky that, that my personal can be a doorway to, to the universal for folks. Yeah, in a, in a way like a, a microcosm. Yeah, where, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can kind of see the, the bigger whole in an individual or and see ourselves yeah. especially yeah or like a, a hole on for any of our people that are familiar with ken wilber um who's, a yeah uh, it's very similar sort of thing that uh, in every in every atom in every person in every individual part of the whole is a reflection of it, or like a hologram what we know about the hologram yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah well does that fit into your spirituality at all it sounds like it it probably does. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, like sharing these these journeys with each other, you know, sharing our stories and how we've been inspired um, can inspire, and it's it's great to be able to to openly uh, communicate about having different ideas and political, religious, whatever, sure, sure. Um, and just you know try to try to hear each other and and uplift each other. Um, and meet each other where we're at. Um, well, so thank you. Of course, of course. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny that it just occurs to me, here I am, just did three and a half years of seminary education, and it just occurs to me as you're, as you're relating that, of like, oh, that's what religion is. Like, that's why we retell Jesus' story. That's why we retell the story of Moses. That's why we retell the story of Siddhartha, that, that oh, that these men and women walked walked their story, lived their life, and shared it with their communities, who shared it with each other, who shared it with the world because, because, of, because of the power of story, the power of, 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 of sharing. Um, yeah, that's funny. I never, never thought about it that way. Um, that once upon a time, that there was this, this radical Jew in, like, uh, in ancient Palestine who was running around saying, like, I am one with God, and believed yeah. it, and arguably was it, <laughs> and lived that life, and shared that story, and his friends shared that story, and here we are, you know, several thousand years later, um, being connected to the universal through this, through this man, through, this, through his story. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> well, I think sometimes, you know, sharing a story, um, like a parable, mm-hmm. can speak to people on so many different levels, so many different ways that um, there's something powerful about that versus, you know, trying to spell it out to a T, this is the way it is. Right. You, be- you right. better believe this. Right. And, you know, right. I think once we, once we start categorizing things in such a way that anyone who's not in that category is like doomed, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we step into some dangerous territory because, yeah. you know, who are we to really say that? Yeah. And it's such a slippery slope too, because like one, once you've like caught a taste of divine truth, like you want everyone else to have it, you know, mm-hmm. and and you you want everyone else to have it, yeah. um, and and you know how it's been salvific in your life, and you you want other people to be to be saved as well, um, to be redeemed, to be liberated, 
um, to have solace. Um, and yeah, so, so it makes sense that we would like codify these stories and that we would codify like laws and make it like, and make it sort of rigid and like, and under, and understandable and not only rigid, but like understandable, like here it is, you yeah. know, here's a, here's a simple black and white understanding of it. And, you know, in the slippery slope is like in my theology that the moment that you try to force the truth onto somebody or the moment that you other someone because they aren't um, aren't un- understanding the truth right now, you've lost the truth. That even that even you can be preaching a message of love and joy, but the way that you go about it for me like is so I, I guess maybe even more fundamental that um, that to talk about love you have to be love. To talk about salvation you have to be salvation. And even if and even like for my you know some of my colleagues who don't think they're religious or some some of my friends some of my family members so yeah, on and so who forth don't call themselves religious, who don't call themselves religious or, or or some of them even think that I mean some of them may even think they're damned or something you know like or like joke about or that their religion is ridiculous right or something yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that but when I hear them when I see them being love when I see them being truth being joy being wisdom. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like, I see God in them. I'm yeah. like, oh, you're, you're being the thing right now. You are the thing right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm not being the thing. Exactly. You know, you know, know, we can talk a good game, but are we actually right. embodying the right. love and, and uh, the beauty of divinity? I think that, is, as you're saying, it's more important. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's tough. It's powerful. It's tough. Well, it's tough. Well, and it's good to have to ask yourself that question. Like, what am I embodying? What am I bringing to the world? You know, right? Um, yeah, often I think in traditions, a lot of times we codify things because as a community, we like certain ways of doing things. Yeah, and then maybe a hundred years pass, and then we're like, this is the only way to do it. Often, right? right? right, right and right. it's, um, I think, allowing for flexibility and actually trying to foster the creativity and openness, where you know. We may not call it the same thing, but in a way, we're we're on the same page. We're right, in the same boat, right. uh, in a sense. And um, I think that allows for uh, like a true engagement because then we don't feel like we have to put on a specific air or um, paint ourselves in a specific light or, or say, you know, Jesus's name just right to get right. into the pearly gates. Um, instead, where it's more about. What, what's the quality of our living and, right. and our connection right. with other people right. um, and with divinity? Right. Uh, yeah. Which is, the, which is the harder journey. I mean, which I think is, mm. I mean, that's why we often choose, like, just give me the answer. <laughs> just give me, give me black and white. Just give me the answer. Because I want to be good. Mm. You know, I want, to, I want to be close to God. I want to be a good community member. I want to be a good father, mother, parent, brother, cousin, you know, like whatever, worker. Yeah, yeah, so, and, you know, and to the alternative of, like, having to day by day, I mean, even moment by moment, like, checking in with myself and, like, am I being from a place of love right now? Or am I being from a place of fear right now? Yeah. You know? Selfishness. Or or selfishness. Like, that, that's... That's hard, you know, and oh, yeah. I, I get it, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've, I've gone through my own journey of uh, trying to, to kind of tackle my, my selfishness or, mm-hmm. you know, ego, you know, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, it's a tough journey because a lot of times that's what we identify with that. Right. 
uh, you know, for me, it may be like some some type of dominating spirit, right? Like sure, where right. I want to control what's happening, or I or I get anxious about things that are you know actually beyond my control, or I'm judgeful, judgmental towards myself or others. And I think all of that, you know, it's just it's not healthy uh, for me, and it's not healthy for other people when I'm kind of embodying um, my selfishness. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's good to question question your approach to the world and, and the seat that you're in, you know, yeah. what, what yeah. you really identify with. Because yeah. often, uh, or there's always room to grow, right? Right. Yeah. right. Well. Hmm. <laughs> so that is what we are up to, folks. We are, <laughs> we are here going to school, and we are here doing our internships, and we are here trying to... Be aware of what seat that we are in and trying to create the space where others can see what seat they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all should be about um, uplifting health in each other. And uh, I I know for me, seminary has been a really uh, positive journey of of growth and reflection and and getting to know diverse peoples and... um, that's that's what I really love about the Graduate Theological Union and, and having so many different yeah. uh, uh, you know types of people here. It's, yeah. You start to realize, oh, you know, we are a community despite our diversity, or or actually we're we're more powerful for because it because of it because of it. You know, yeah. and if only we could, you know, if only every space looked like that or or yeah. tried to. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Uh, Thank you, Aaron, for joining us on the Transcendence podcast. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's been wonderful uh, hearing about your journey, and uh, it's exciting, like, your your path forward. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Well. And thank you. Hopefully you can come I back thank on you all. soon. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. If nice you're, if you're still here time. and you're not uh, off ministering some yes. Swedenborgian church, I'll be here. Oh, I am, I am graduating soon, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah, indeed. But uh, yeah, uh, tune in next time and we'll have other guests and um, hopefully uh, just as interesting a lighting situation. Indeed. <laughs>